Kurt Zuma has more Premier League goals than Aubameyang. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we ask, is it finally time to say goodbye to Liverpool defenders? What part of the template could we ignore? Are Chelsea starting to click? What more do Leicester need to do to get our attention? And we go through the upcoming fixture swings as well. Welcome back listeners to episode 192 of the FPL Surgery podcast. We are recording on Tuesday the 3rd of November 2020. Um, I mean, once again, we're recording during some Champions League games. I think Man City and Liverpool are playing as we speak. Um, Josh, how's it going? Yeah, good. Uh, evening, mate. Um, yeah, not the uh, not the best game week, but we'll uh, we'll go into that shortly. How are you? I'm okay. I don't know if my voice sounds different. Does it sound deeper? A little bit. Are you uh, suffering a little bit, are we? Just just a little bit. I, I, I won't complain. I won't complain. <laughs> burning burning the candle at both ends before lockdown. <laughs> yeah, we've only, we've only got one more day to go now, but I don't think I'll be leaving the house. Um, no. Yeah, quite a while now. This week's guest is last season's co-host and a legend of the FPL Surgery podcast. He has two top 3K finishes in his last three seasons, with his highest being 1,710. Please welcome back to the podcast. Who's done that? The big... <laughs> has the Iceman changed this? He's... Please welcome back to the podcast, the big fairy, Stefan Hogsrud. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not in my copy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to guess that's the Iceman. <laughs> yeah. Definitely wasn't me. <laughs> no, I, knew it was, I knew it wasn't you, Josh. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so how how's it been going? It's been a, it's been a long time since we spoke. Yeah, it's been going. I mean, it's been going pretty good, pretty great in in FPL so far. And I think I needed a break, and it's good to be on today. But it's also good not to be on every single week and take the take a bit of the pressure off myself. So, but I'm excited to be here today and talk some FPL. And maybe we should put in a new hi- headline because Jota is doing bits, as uh, Van Arnold would have said. He he's scoring for fun now. Two goals against Atlanta. Wow. Half an hour in, and he, he, he just can't stop scoring. And today he replaced Firmino in the in the lineup. So who knows? He could completely change our first headline about the Liverpool defenders then, if, <laughs> yeah. if, if he becomes essential yeah. alongside alongside yeah. Salah. Um, but you mentioned that obviously it's it's done well. You know, you're having a break, but you're having a really good season, aren't you? I mean, what, what's your what's your rank at the moment? Uh, I think I'm about 150k. So it's oh. it's good, but it's not it's not great, of course. I, I know people that are higher up. Our algorithm guy, for example, is having an even better start, but I'm, I'm happy. I still have my wild card. Um, it's good enough, though, eh? Yeah, I, I'm very At happy. At this stage of the season. It, yeah, it takes a bit of the pressure off. And last season, I felt uh, I felt like I needed to do better. And this season, I can even if I go down a couple of hundred thousand places, I'm I'm still pretty much where I want to be at this stage. So it's good. And now I feel like we're we're getting well, particularly me, not so much Josh, getting getting your bad getting your bad luck from last season since since we took over. It's so the curse, curse of the podcast. Yeah, you, should, you really should have warned us. You really should have warned us. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, me and James's results from last season was a uh, warning enough, but probably not. I thought I thought maybe we could be the an exception to the rule, um, but clearly clearly not. Josh, I mean, how how was your game week? Yeah, not great. Um, so uh, 47 points. I rolled my transfer uh, so that I had two for game week eight. Um, down to the down to the bare bones, I was. I had um, both uh, Antonio and uh, Seamus Coleman uh, red flagged on my bench, but I, I stuck with them. 
Um, you know, thought it's all good. I'll get 11 out. But little did I know that uh, Sice wouldn't play at all. And um, Harrison Reed came off my bench, which felt absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Um, he came off the bench um, as well for Fulham at half time, and uh, and then got booked. So he got he got no points at all. So yeah, 47, captained Kane, which uh, for the third week in a row, and it will be the fourth week uh, coming up. So um, yeah, I've stuck for him, stuck with him for uh, this great run of fixtures for Spurs. Awesome. Um, how, how was your your last game week, Stefan? It was good. I got 60 points. I uh, I had one decision before the game week. I was pretty set on uh, rolling my transfer, but I did make a mistake uh, the last game week where I was sick and tired of watching size play and scoring goals and uh, assisting, getting bonus for fun. So I thought, OK, I need him. He can't be dropped by Nuno. So I got him two game weeks ago, but that was a mistake. And at one minute uh, before the deadline this game week, I realized, okay, size he's not he's not going to play. I was reading the forums. I was reading about how he got dropped last season out of the blue against Crystal Palace, even after he was played pretty much every game before that. And he got sent off versus uh, Saha, I think, in the other game against Palace. No one in the forums had uh, him is projected in their projected lineups, so I sold him for Chilwell right at the buzzer. So I'm happy with that, but I should nice. also have, have had those two free transfers if I didn't buy size, of course, but uh, you can't make every decision right either. You, f- you fix the mistake quickly as well. I guess that's important. Yeah, I think just realize I made a mistake and fix Nick. Uh, I can't really do much other than that. Uh, I won't be, even though I made made a mistake last week. It won't uh, give me points if I just get stubborn and keep size and thinking he should uh, he should get his spot back. But uh, I kept Nusala. He, he gave me some points, and the secret behind my pretty good rank so far is basically keeping Salah a lot and never selling some. I think, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's basically it. The rest of the team is uh, pretty okay, but the Liverpool double defence is, of course, not returning for me. Um, I mean, you've had a much better game week than me. To be fair, I only had a very small red arrow. I got 52 points. I ended up benching size. Like you, the very last second I did it because of some rumours that he might not be starting and actually started Podence. Um, Although that actually made no difference in the end. Podence would have come in regardless. My captain was Sterling. And I, I think I was quite unlucky with that. And I, I know Salah and Kane, who were my other options, obviously scored penalties. But I mean, the first half, I thought Sterling looked pretty good. I mean, he created a couple of couple of chances. And if it wasn't for better finishing, I think he could have had a, like a small haul, like a you know nine ten pointer. But yeah, fifty two. It's a pretty much a grey arrow at the rank I'm at, which is two point two million. We'd like to thank all of our Patreons. If you want to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle, Ron Frosk, Roths from FPL Merch, and Darren Bairn are pledging at the highest tier, so they get this extra special mention each and every week. Thank you very much. So now we'll go to Alan, FPL Diagnosis, and he's just going to go through the game week stats for us. Hi guys, Alan back with some numbers from game week 7. We start off with some interesting results. This game week, Aston Villa lost 3-4 to Southampton in a game that saw them win the XG battle 2.52 to 0.88. 
It was also a game week where Chelsea scored three from a total XG of 1.24 and Liverpool conceded again to West Ham from a combined XG for West Ham of 0.34. Wolves kept another clean sheet despite Crystal Palace managing to scrape together a combined XG of 0.94. Over the season so far, Liverpool, Brighton and Burnley have been hit the hardest by variance. They have all conceded six more goals than XG data would suggest. As of now, no team stands out as overperforming defensively. This was a game week where we saw Villa having the most shots with 19, of which 10 were on target, followed by Chelsea with 14 and 9 on target, and City with 16 and 8 on target. Moving on to player stats. You can run, but you can't hide from reversion to the mean is a lesson learned by owners of Patrick Bamford this game week. The former Chelsea prospect racked up an almost incredible 1.82 xG without scoring. It should be noted, however, that other sources have that xG number way lower. Biggest overperformer this game week was James Ward-Prowse, who netted twice from a combined xG of 0.28. Someone who underperformed is Ferran Torres, the Man City out-of-position striker, at least temporary, managed no goals from a combined XG of 1.0. His four shots on target means he tops the list this game week for shots on target, although he shares that honour with Aston Villa midfielder Trezeguet. Former Ireland under-21 star Jack Grealish had the most shots in total this game week with six. For chances created, we find Joao Cancelo, Ruben Neves, Jack Harrison, Ross Barkley and Matt Torget all on four. Moving on to touches in the opponent's half. Interestingly, we here find not Andy Robertson, but a former FPL essential TAA, who recorded an astonishing 101 touches. Could we see him getting more involved in the Liverpool attack going forward? And that's the doorbell, folks. Gotta go. See you next time. Thanks, Alan. Hope you made it to the door in time. And we'll go back to the headlines. Okay, so we'll go on to our first topic then. So is it finally time to say goodbye to the Liverpool defenders? Now, we've got a question um, from Torre. Um, Torre, I still can't pronounce your name that well. Um, But Trent, is it time to let him go? So if we go to you first, Stefan, um, I mean, what are you thinking about the Liverpool and and their defenders? Because you've got both, haven't you, Trent and Robbo? Yeah, and I went out on Twitter before this pod saying I was going to keep both of them. And uh, I'm I'm going to keep both of them, at least if if, uh, something doesn't come up that I need to to care of, like an injury or something, I, I will keep both. And I think... Uh, if you gave me the option right now on the wild card or with unlimited transfers, can you choose between Grealish or Trent? I would probably choose Grealish because of his fixture run and pretty much his form. But other than that, this is a game where you have limited transfers and moving money out of defense uh, pretty much makes you use both your free transfers in doing that because you have to sell Trent or Robo to someone cheaper and then move the money somewhere else. And having the luxury to use two free transfers for that kind of move when you uh, probably have some other issues in your team like planning for the City assets for the, their, their, uh, their good run. Uh, maybe you have Mitrovic like I do, some other player that is underperforming or uh, turn, getting into a bad fixture run. I think... At least for my team, it seems very obvious that I should use my transfers elsewhere. 
And I do think that Liverpool have been sloppy. Yeah, they've been bad. Yeah, they've been uh, riddled, with, riddled with injuries. Okay, those things are all correct. But again, we saw them play West Ham at the weekend with a XG of around okay, not more than 0.5 goals for uh, West Ham. Mm. Combine that with Liverpool starting with uh, the, the new centre-back, Phillips, and Curtis also in the starting eleven. If you swap out those two guys with Fabinho or Matip and Thiago in midfield, I'm sure the XG will be even lower. And then you're talking about good old uh, bad luck not getting the clean sheet. Then. And, and uh, you can say that the clean sheets for Liverpool are maybe like a coin flip or maybe like a red or black in a roulette table. Mm-hmm. And even if it has come red four times in a row, it doesn't mean that the likelihood for it coming red the next time is any bigger. So I think that's the main issue with Liverpool's defence now. It's the variance. And and everyone is talking up the Chelsea defenders and making a big point out of them keeping four clean sheets or three clean sheets in a row. And they pretty much came out on the lucky side of this variance, whereas Liverpool is coming out on the unlucky side. In this weekend's game between Burnley and Chelsea, Ashley Barnes was through with Mendy in the early minutes. If he scores that chance and Fornals misses his chance against Liverpool, which was an even lower expected goal um, attempt, are we even having this same discussion? At least are we having this amplified discussion? I don't think so. Uh, so for me, it's uh, it's sticking with it and, and the Liverpool defenders, they're going to stop making these uh, defensive errors each and every game. We've seen it so many times so far. It's It's been Van Dijk, it's been Robertson, it's been Adrian. Uh, that won't happen every game. So uh, I, I'm keeping the faith. And after the City game, they have a pretty good run up until game week 19, where a lot of those fixtures are easily a potential clean sheet. I, I would guess they have, will have like 40% of a clean sheet on so average is, in those games. So is it more to do with the saving the transfers than than Liverpool, them, Liverpool themselves? I think it's both. I, I think... Okay. You, you could argue that there are better options. I, I, th- I agree that Grealish in isolation is better than TAA for now. I actually wrote some stats down where Grealish got 4.1 points per game last season, where Trent actually got 5.5 per game. So I thought you might actually see that as something in Trent's favour, or do you think that gap's going to close um, this season? I think it's going to close, and I wouldn't be too surprised if Grealish maybe is edging it above uh, Trent and Robbo. And before the season, we could say with a pretty good certainty that Trent and Robbo would get close to 200 points for a very cheap price tag. With Van Dijk gone, that expectation has to be a bit lower, but I doubt he's gonna, Van Dijk missing is going to mean like 50 points less for those guys. So say say they get uh, 160, 70, 80 points for that price tag, it, it's going to be good uh, anyways. Uh, and uh, yes. Grealish is also good value. Of course, you can have both, and I, I'm aiming to get both. But I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice the Liverpool guys to get Grealish. I'm going to move around money elsewhere because we have some Spurs assets which are much cheaper going into a, a, a much worse fixture run. So so there's my my cash bank. Brilliant. And, and what do you think, Josh? You've got you've just got one Liverpool defender. Is that right? Mm, I do. Yeah, just just got Trent. 
Um, I had both of them for game week one, but then on my game week two wild card, I just kept Trent. Um, so many interesting points um, from Stefan, um, mm. as always. Um, I think the comparison to Grealish is, is a really interesting one. He's obviously the the sort of um, real standout option at the moment um, at that at that sort of seven seven point five price point in midfield. I think obviously the the most important thing to look at is is um, is what we're expecting from a points perspective in the future, not in the past. Um, and obviously game week four saw um, Grealish rack up twenty four points against Liverpool, where um, where Trent. And, um, and Robertson both got minus one. So, you know, that's a 25 point swing, which is huge in terms of, you know, the season so far. Um, but like Stefan said, um, I think that Trent and Robertson um, from uh, game week nine after they've played City away, have got a fantastic run of fixtures, um, only Spurs. Uh, at home in game week 13, right up until game week 18 is looking like um, a difficult fixture, really. Um, and yeah, why not own um, and them and Grealish? Um, I, I guess, you know, there's it's all about where you're at, where you're at with your team. If you own both, if you own one, if you own neither, if you've got your wild card, when you want to play your wild card, if you want to hold it, if you're looking to play it, you know, game week nine, game week 10, when there's some nice fixture swings, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on 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 whether it's right to get rid of them or not. I'd say if you're wild carding, I think it's fine to get rid of both. But it, like Stefan, who has got his wild card, but he's not using it until I think game week 16, if I'm right in thinking. Um, you know, he wants to carry them through, and 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 why not? So yeah, I think there's there's, there's good arguments for both. Um, they're still they're still topping the stats um, from an attacking perspective. They're both in the top four for chances created amongst all defenders. Top for big chances created amongst all defenders. Trent has got the most goal attempts amongst all defenders. Robertson's got the second most shots in the box amongst all defenders. And then final third touches, which is one I really like for uh, for defence, obviously mainly full-backs. Um, Robertson's at 276, Trent's 236, and they're miles ahead of anyone else. I think, um, the, the, I think the third place defender was, strangely enough, Luke Shaw, who was, who was somewhere <laughs> below 200. So no one else is getting close. And I think, you know, we spoke about the sort of top defenders in the game FPL points wise um, uh, a week or two ago. And, you know, current, current top five is Zuma, Sice, Mings, Castagna, Vestergaard. You know, it's not going to be that at the end of the season. It won't be anything like that. Those, those top five probably won't even be in the top five. And I can't see it being anything but Trent and Robertson in those top five at the end of the season. And And I do feel that, yes, the, the expectation is not as high without Virgil van Dijk, but I do think that once Fabino, Matip and Gomez are all there, I think they've got some nice options to pick from. And um, I think, you know, like Stefan said, they will they will chalk out a fair amount of clean sheets between game week 10 and game week 18. It's funny you mentioned last season because you've actually given me a flashback now. to I remember a few things on Twitter last year where I think about this point in the season, there was like Lundstrom and Bulldog and there was a lot of random defenders who were top and Trent and Robertson were, were nowhere near. And there, there were similar discussions then. And obviously Trent and Robertson proved their worth 
by an absolute you know country mile apart from apart from Doherty he was the only one who even kept kept close to Robertson but I guess it is this this um Van Dyke injury that's that's the difference now something I found quite quite surprising and I didn't realize this but Liverpool have only topped the Premier League in the most clean sheets once and that was obviously in the 18-19 season and they only had one more than Man City so maybe I mean do you think we're maybe oh, we don't need that many clean sheets from Liverpool it's the it's the attacking aspect that that really sets them apart and obviously the fact they play every single game it might be, and I think with Van Dijk out, uh, the the number of clean sheets need to be adjusted down. The expected clean sheets, I think they will keep maybe fewer than if Van Dijk were there. But at the same time, it's a team game, and Liverpool lost 7-2 with Van Dijk on the pitch for the whole 90 minutes, and he's been not great ever since the restart either. So it's it's not like he was the one keeping everything together all the time, and uh, I think they will figure things out. It's Klopp, it's Liverpool. It's it's hard to not trust them. And regarding the uh, the clean sheets, I think if Trent gets an assist against West Ham, he gets six points for that assist because he goes straight up to the top of the bonus. And yeah, he's and that, he's, he's huge. When it comes to um, what's it called baseline bonus, the the bonus that you get in the BPS system before you include um attacking returns or clean sheets i think it is um so all the other stuff he's always so high up um and i think you know bonus bonuses is a massive part of it as well you you you've got to look at you know in, in a typical liverpool win where does their bonus normally go right and salah and mane are not bonus hungry you know they're, they're not bonus magnet players at all yeah um, they both normally have to get two attacking returns to get, you know, three bonus or two bonus. So they're quite often out the bonus points, even when they score uh, one one goal. Um, and, and, and therefore, you know, really, where else does it go? It doesn't go to the midfield, centre midfielders. It doesn't really go to the, to the centre back. So it's often claimed by, by Trent and Robertson. So if you look at like last last uh, two seasons, um, Robertson, 29 bonus points in uh, 18 19 20 bonus points in 19 and 20 um and 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 Trent 25 uh, 18 19 and 24 19 20 so you know that's that's huge i mean it, it is yes down to assists and 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 goals but i do think that the bonus points has got a big a big part in it you know uh, in terms of racking up those points across the season yeah when uh, liverpool beat arsenal 3-1 uh Alexander-Arnold got one assist and three bonus, whereas Robertson, he got a goal, but only two bonus. And both Mane and Lacazette scoring the other goals uh, got one bonus and was quite a bit behind the Liverpool defenders. So I think it's important to know that those guys like Arnold and Robertson are maybe going to get one pointers, two pointers, even a zero uh, sometimes. But they will also get a lot of 12 pointers, nine pointers, 15 pointers uh, and so on. So... The the question I would ask to everyone selling or using two free transfers to sell the Liverpool guys uh, in the in the future is when are you planning to bring them back or, or are, are you ever planning to bring them back? Because are you going to wait until they get these 12 points, 15 points, uh, 9 points, 10 points and then buy them back? Or are you going to leave them for the rest of the season? And those kind of things I think is hard. I, I've been looking at selling one of them, of course, because I, I need to consider all options. 
but I have real trouble figuring out which one I'm going to sell because I really don't want to not own both of them. They 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 are just so good and they can explode pretty much every time, any time. It's quite nice. So, um, you don't have to make the choice between either the either of them either. You've just you've just got both. But yeah. I think na- if you're going to sell them, I think you have to do it now. Otherwise, yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. I do. This is this is the game week because it's the worst you... game of the season. So mm. if you are going to sell them, this is of course the game week to do it. And I understand that lots of people do it, and I'm not going to say it's a, a wrong decision or anything. I'm just saying that I think the there's a hype around selling them being sort of necessary, which I don't believe in. I was just going to say very quickly, with regards to, uh, you know, when to get them back, you know, I think the great thing for sellers with regards to Van Dyke is obviously the rumour is that he's out for the season. I think he probably will be. Um, And therefore... There isn't this timeline that you're like, oh, you know, Van Dyke's going to be back in January or February. <laughs> and then you've got to think about, oh, can I bring them in on my second wild card or whatever? Like you can write them off if you're willing to say, I don't want any part in Trent and Robertson. They're not value this season. Van Dyke's out for the season. You can write them off. You don't need to get them back. So you're either you're in you're either in the Trent and Robertson camp or, or one or the other, or you're, or you're not in it at all. And um, I think Rich mentioned a couple of weeks ago that he, he, he prefers to play the game as all in as in I'll have both or, or, you know, I don't want either. And I think that's, that's a nice, a nice way to, to, to do things, to be a bit more aggressive I, with it. I said that and I've only got Robertson. So I, didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, I but, haven't actually yeah. done it. But it, yeah. it, it's interesting because if I were to wildcard, let's say this game week, it's tough to bring them both. And if I'm going to get rid of one, why do I really keep the other? Yeah. It's a, it's a tough question. So I, I'm glad I'm not wildcarding. My <laughs> other, um, it, it my saves other argument. me the trouble. My other argument for keeping them is I don't really see a great deal of replacements at the moment that are that are really exciting me. Um, you know, you look at I think City are gonna are gonna be fantastic for clean sheets this season, but do you really want to take up a spot with Laporte, Diaz, Cancelo? Not sure when you can have three City attackers at points with you know some real value in there like Fode and even Ferran Torres at six point nine looking like a potential option one thing i'd add to that would be obviously on on friday once the deadline passes obviously we because we have this this fixture you know twice a season and i always feel in my head i want to get rid of them before they play each other but then when once the game reloads on friday night and you set your team for next week you feel a lot better um, because you know you'll, you'll look at it and you've got Leicester at home, Brighton away, Wolves at home, Fulham away. I mean, it's not amazing, but I think you'll feel a lot more confident about it. But it's it's yeah. not an it's not an easy decision. I do think it depends on your team as well and what what players you've got. Uh, I do think that uh, what's playing out in front of my eyes right now with the Atlanta Atalanta Liverpool game is. Diogo Jota might uh, do something and and actually keep Firmino out of the team. We have to see. It's, of course, not for now. But if in, say, four or five game weeks time, Jota is starting every game, I think uh, I need to reconsider things, maybe, because that seems like an awful good value in a Liverpool attack. So... Uh, that's that's an, an advantage of not owning both Liverpool defenders because you can easily go to Jota if he becomes a viable alternative. 
It's true. And you just, you just don't get cheap Liverpool players. I mean, all the Liverpool players that we can choose from are, you know, the top of their price bracket for that position. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely one to monitor. We're, but we move on to our second headline. So what part of the template could we ignore? We've got a question from Arne Barnes, who says, how many observations are needed before we can trust emerging trends slash patterns in FPL? So, Stefan, do, do you want to kick this headline off? Uh, yeah, I think it's... Um... Uh, on the question, I think uh, we need more data points or game weeks before we can uh, say things for sure. And it, it goes, uh, I really don't like the last five statistics because the last five games is mostly uh, uh, concerned with circumstances other than trends or other than actual performances. Mm-hmm. It can be the opponents, it can be some injuries, it can be luck, it can be the VAR giving some stupid penalty or not giving or something like that. Uh, so I, I do think we need a bunch of game weeks, uh, ideally like 10-15 until we actually see something. And, uh, and for that goes, for example, against the Davila defense, they have been pretty good. But we're not sure if they actually good in defense right now or if it's just uh, uh, natural variations. And although shipping four goals against Southampton this weekend, they weren't that bad defensively because they were so good attacking that they, they pretty much never gave the ball to Southampton except mm. for the free kicks and the set pieces. But I do think we need more uh, more game weeks than we have so far to make any conclusive uh, theories about who to pick and who not to pick and and of course the same goes for the Liverpool guys where we we everyone was agreeing that we needed to have the defenders before the season and seven game weeks in everyone needs to sell them I think it's a bit too rash uh, but the, the problem is of course to get enough stats because we we, has, we still have to guess somewhat here we, we will never be able to wait long enough to be sure enough on our decisions to actually not be behind on them either so I mean People were questioning the Liverpool defenders after after the first game, um, despite <laughs> yeah. them being, you know, se- season keepers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's and it's a very good point you make about the, for example, the Villa defenders, because I mean, there's not there wasn't much Martinez could do about those free kicks. I mean, they were, I mean, text, textbook free kicks from from Ward Prowse. Um, yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think about this headline, Josh? So what part of the template we could we ignore? It's a difficult one. I mean, yes, yeah, Stefan Stefan um, came up with it. I think um, with regards to um, the question um, in terms of emerging trends and patterns in FPL, I think really um, we have been playing FPL, all of us, for years. And, and you know, in terms of recent seasons and recent data, we can use that to form our opinions moving into this season. Um, and, you know, uh, obvious, you know, obvious decisions and thoughts surrounding the top six really um, can be made. I think it's, it's really the trends, patterns and data that you're looking for, for almost the fringes of your team, more than the 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 Sanders, the KDBs, the Trents, the Robertsons. It's more, you know, who are the emerging value players, um, and that's for me is 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 what um, is is kind of the the more important part of the template to get right. Really, I feel like the premium picks predominantly pick themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that's the reason why Salah, uh, I think, should be in pretty much everyone's teams because you, you you do know what you get from him and you have you can 
uh, use 12% of your budget on a player that you know is going to perform and you know you can captain him and you know he's going to get returns for you. Uh, but on the on the template part, I think uh, it's relatable to to my, myself and my own uh, situation, which um, maybe some el- uh, someone else also shares, in which they have to make some sacrifices for the coming game weeks. We have uh, uh, United facing West Bromwich, and I know a lot of guys got Rashford, and he he's a good perspective he could be part of the template come come game week nine and you have the calvert lewin if you don't have him you have Grealish. so someone's got to go <laughs> somehow yeah. and uh, and and i think uh, yeah sorry rich i was just gonna say you you can't have them all can you because there's there's, there's so many exactly. so, so many assets and i mean personally i i'd avoided any everton like at all and it wasn't because i thought they were bad i just couldn't get them in and I didn't want to sacrifice other other players to, to do so. And I just think I've been quite lucky that obviously Hammers has got injured. Calvert-Lewin seems to be yeah. allergic to bonus points. So <laughs> it, it just it just, you know, there's you've got to avoid one. And Everton was my was my team that I've avoided. But I feel like I haven't avoided much else, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But going forward, you, you still need to ignore some part of it, I guess, because if you're going to re- get in the City players or maybe a Rashford or something, and someone mm. needs to go. So I think the, the part of the template or uh, uh, the template going forward, I think maybe consists of playing cheap strikers. And uh, in that, I think, Calvert-Lewin is a cheap striker for everyone that's not buying him right now, for example. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Kane maybe is uh, going to be someone you can ignore from the te- template after this next game week. And, and hence, I think it's it's too late to get on Kane now. I think he, he should rather be sold in game week 9 than both for game week 8. Would you still have Son though? Would you keep Son and not have Kane? Yeah, initially yeah. I think I think Son is better. I think they have maybe a, a question on this later, but I think uh, I would keep Son and, and and not Kane. But I think maybe both is expendable because you, uh, you you can't get a worse fixture run than the the Spurs games. But in those games, I imagine they maybe suit Son a bit more because he can make those runs when uh, Spurs is trying to just sit back and Kane can. Maybe uh, get some through balls again, uh, through balls to some. Then Kane's blanked once in the last what ten ten games. So I, th- yeah. I think for me, I'm I'm going to keep Kane and sell Son. But <laughs> I, I yeah. guess your point stands though. You'll keep one and not the other. Yeah, you, you might keep one, but the thing is, it goes a bit back to the to the Liverpool question really, because mm. uh, another asset is Sterling, and and he's been uh, producing the same amount of points like uh, that uh, Robo has, or at least close to Robert Robertson. And even if he blanks the next two next two games, I think he's uh, absolutely nailed on in uh, him or De Bruyne in mm. game week ten when they face uh, Burnley and Fulham United and West Bromwich, and, and that tells me something at least that uh, I like to think ahead and just focus on what's to come. And even though Kane has done so much good so far, you have. Players like uh, Watkins now, which is on penalties. You have Callum Wilson, which is scoring yeah. tap-ins for fun. Uh, you can maybe downgrade Kane to them and 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 switch the money to the non-performing City players, which are likely to perform going forward. I think this season, apart from probably when it comes to the times of, sort of double game weeks and, and whatnot, I actually think 
it's the first season for a while where I think the the template will struggle to settle, and and that's a great thing because I think that you know there's so many premium assets um, that that everyone's going to be like Stefan said, game week nine, people are going to be going after United assets because they've got West Brom at home. The, the other people are going to be looking at City assets for game week 10. Some people are going to have Sun and Kane. Some people are going to have Sun. Some people are going to have Kane. Some people are going to have neither. So it's, you know, I can't see it getting too templatey. And that's that's great. That's the way I want the game to be. It's it's, it's really dull when when you're looking at teams that are, that are one or two players different than yours and you're having to do, you know, look for differentials and, and, and do things differently to, to, to climb the ranks really. So I think that's, that's definitely, um, that's definitely, you know, a trend that I can see in this season that, that, that is great. I think it might be a season for being brave and and daring to, to switch your premium assets to, to get those important captains, be able to be willing to sacrifice, for example, yeah. Kane to get the, the city captain in game week 10, 11 and 13. I think one big decision that every FPL player needs to make is how many premiums you put in your team. Um, as in, do you want to have three, for example, say like, you know, Salah, Salah KDB and uh, Kane, for example, probably be the, the three or Salah Sterling and, and KDB. Uh, so Salah Sterling and, and Kane. Um Or do you go with two and spread the funds and it enables you to be able to get the likes of Grealish um, and, you know, maybe a better defence? You know, I think that's 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 a really important decision to make. And I think at the moment I'm sat there with three. Um, I've got Salamane and Kane. But, I, I, you know, once this game's out of the way against West Brom, I'm going to sell Kane and I will probably go down to two premiums and spread the rest of the funds to, to improve my team. Um, Cause that's how I normally play and it works for me. So that's, this, that's... Is, this is why the, the Liverpool defenders, I think are slightly expendable. Cause if you do get rid of them, you can actually get Salah, Sterling, De Bruyne and Kane, for example. So four premiums. But um, you're gonna captain captain one of them <laughs> each yeah. every game week. Only gonna captain one. No, that's that's very true. That's very true. And, um, and so, but you, some of them have great fixtures and some don't. So no, I think so, that's uh, that's the that's the thing for me. Uh, you, I wouldn't can, captain a Spurs player till yeah till Fulham at the end of the year. So 28th of December would be the next time I captain Harry Kane after this week. Yeah. So you can ask yourself how much can Kane hurt you? Uh, he can, of course, hurt you pretty bad in certain game weeks, and the same with some. But if you're uh, expecting like reasonable points for them, I'm, I'm not sure they will uh, be expected to score lots of points. Um, uh, at least my plan is to try and spread those funds a bit around to be able to get a better 11 out there, along with the best captain option for each and every game week. It's just been a crazy season because I remember selling Kane after he got me five attacking returns on my wild card. I thought, <laughs> oh, is it? And then he had Man United. I was like, I'll wait a week. And then, then they went 6-1. Yeah. Six, six, so yeah. I don't know. I feel like Kane it could hurt me because there'd be so many dead teams now that will have Kane and probably will have him for the rest of the season. But, but one you of my can't, friends, you can't, you, you can't uh, be worried about dead teams in game seven. I, I am worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, one of my friends, he, he doesn't change them. his team. He's three hundredth in the world with, yeah. with, Kane, with Kane captain every week. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's madness. But um, 
So we're moving on to our third headline, which is are Chelsea starting to click? So obviously they've had, as you mentioned earlier, Stefan, three clean sheets in the last four. They've scored 16 goals this season. And I mean, only Burnley have a lower expected goals conceded than Chelsea. Um, so if we go to you first, Josh, as you're the, as you're the Chelsea fan, um, I mean, do you think you're starting to click? I do. And I think um, the key to it was getting Zayic back. Um, he's the sort of chief creator. Um, I think he's the one that's going to knit it all together, really. Um, I think we're looking, obviously, a lot better defensively since Mendy's been on board. I just I just feel that Lampard just doesn't still know his team. Every week, it's a different team. Every week, someone else is taking the set pieces. Sometimes it's Chilwell, then it's Mount, then it's Ziyech. Even James was on corners. It's like... I just feel like there's there's not a clear direction at the moment and we've not we are clicking yes better than we were 100% um and and how could we not with some of the amazing players that we've got in our team but are we fully settled do we know our best 11 I mean I've got my opinions on what our best 11 is but I'm not the manager I don't think Lampard does um you know I, I, I don't even know whether he's, he's you know he, he knows whether he's playing James or Azpilicueta right back who's playing centre midfield um you know Abraham got a got a game at the weekend and Werner was on the bench it's just a bit all over the place yeah and Pulisic um, is back in training now apparently and in the USA squad so yeah oh, I just think wow. it's a bit I just think it's a bit all over the place and um I feel the same with United um I just I think the one that's screaming out at the moment with regards to Chelsea that's looking good is Chilwell. But apart from him, who is nailed, um, played 90 minutes the last four games, obviously doing really well from a stats perspective, I think the rest of them treat with a bit of caution, really. Brilliant. And Stefan, I mean, do you have any Chelsea players or are you looking at getting any in? Yeah, I got a couple. I've, uh, I've never sold Werner, so he's uh, still in my team. And oh, wow. uh, I was lucky this weekend, but I echo the same thoughts as Josh had because I, I'm as a Werner owner, I kept him because KDB got injured, so I could in the prior international breaks I sold him for Kane and not Werner, who was the plan. But I, I think uh, I, I'm not very comfortable owning Werner to be honest. I think he's uh, he's good for the next four fixtures because they are pretty great. There's Sheffield United, Newcastle, Tottenham, and Leeds three three games at home. And I imagine him starting those, at least I hope so. But I, I find myself not knowing what to expect from Chelsea and not knowing what to expect from Werner. He can be on the left wing, he can play central, he can drift, he can not know where his place is. And the same for other players there. So from the attacker's point, I'm not thinking Chelsea attackers are, are, are good enough yet. Not even CH. I think it needs more time and we need to see more from him. But Chilwell, I'm standing firmly behind. I think that's a great pick and I'm, I'm glad I own him. He's nailed, whereas pretty much everyone else is rotation prone. And he's on set pieces at least some of the time. And he keeps bombing down that left-hand side. So he's a, he's a cheaper kind of robo for me. In a team that's uh, and the Chelsea performed pretty good last season also uh, defensively, although they didn't keep many clean sheets because of Kepa. But this season they seem to have a decent keeper, so I think uh, 5.8 or something for Chilwell. It's it's great value. I think he's 5.9 now, and that's the okay 5.9 even. 
still, as still owner, great value. Yeah, still great as value. an owner, I'm sure you're <laughs> delighted. But for, as a non-owner, I'm kind of like, he was 5.5, which is good value. And he's he gone up quick, is, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I don't, I'm so shocked how fast he's gone up. It's because he got 18 points in game week four, and that was his first game. Yeah, so I'm there, sure that there, did help. But. There's no no problem having Chilwell if you sell Kane to spread the funds, you know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the case. But <laughs> personally, I really like the defenders, and all like there's three of them I like. I still like Reese James for for five million. I think I'm almost willing to to risk it, and I do think as the season goes on, he'll he'll start to play more. A bit like, do you remember the season when Trent was starting to? I think he was fighting with Klein for a spot. But Trent only missed a handful of games. And, I mean, he still had a huge amount of points. And, yeah, the, I mean, I guess the risk with James is he can get subbed on, as we saw the other week. He could play in midfield and we could end up with a lot of one-pointers. But I, I don't know. I just I, When I watch him play, I, I really like him. And I'd actually yeah. go as far as saying James versus Chilwell, if they were both nailed, I'd, go for, I'd, I'd take James all day long. Irrelevant of price, I actually think he's the better player. Um, I think he's actually better going forward. Um, I think he's a, just a great player, but the difference is Chilwell's competition is Alonso and, El- and Emerson, and James's is the captain as and, and that's and the Chilwell's, yeah, and Chilwell's getting a few corners and stuff, isn't he? But but yeah, I mean, I, I'll go into it later on my transfers, but I mean, I I do think you could go for two or maybe three Chelsea defenders, but let's, let's move <laughs> no, on. To... That's, that's too much. Zuma's <laughs> been done scoring his goals, uh, although he's still, he's still cheap, of course, but as I said in the Slack channel, he can easily go 20 games without scoring a goal, so uh, I think you should yeah. pay the extra for Chilwell. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, he's, like we said in the headline, he scored more than the Bamiyang, but <laughs> maybe that maybe that point moves <laughs> yeah. your point further. <laughs> um, we'll we move on to our fourth headliner. So what more do Leicester need to do to get our attention? So, I mean, obviously their, their fixtures, the next two fixtures are Wolves and Liverpool, which are pretty horrific. But I mean, Steph, Stefan, are you looking at any Leicester players maybe down the line or? Uh, no, I've written down my answer to this one. It's uh... It's basically that Vardian needs to be five years younger and less injury prone, <laughs> and, uh, and Grealish will have to break his leg for me to get Harvey Barnes. Oh wow! <laughs> you can you can always argue that you can have both Barnes and Grealish or someone, but uh, it's a lot of players to fit in here all the time. So I think it's uh, other priorities in the price brackets. Vardy yeah. can of course have some good games, but again he can be out with his calf injury, which has been struggling with even from Christmas last year. So I'm, I'm not sure. And too much penalty reliance on, on Vardy. It is. I mean, I started the season with Vardy as a, just, just purely because he was a punt ahead of the, the wild card. And I mean, he scored two goals against West Brom, but his XG was zero. It was non-penalty yeah. XG was zero. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just scored a couple of the penalties. And then I sold him and he got a few penalties against Man City. It's like you say, it's, I mean, being on penalties is good. Um, but, you can't you can't rely on that. You might as well go for Jorginho or something. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you think, Josh? Are you looking at any any Leicester assets? I'm not, and um, I actually am quite surprised by them. I thought they were going to have a poor season, and I thought Rodgers was going to struggle this season. Um, but they've they've done really well. I think Vardy's been quite fortunate, yeah, with the penalties at the start of the season. He's going to do this week on week, isn't he? He's a bit like Danny Ings. He's one of those players that you're like, you know, this season, obviously Danny Ings is a bit bit more expensive. And Vardy's 10 million. You look at him and you're like, 
Am I really going to pay 10 million for him? How often am I going to captain him? And you look at their upcoming fixture swing, you know, which which starts in game week 10, Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, but, uh, Brighton at home, Everton at home. Great fixtures for that four weeks. But with City and Liverpool's fixtures and, you know, looking at the likes of KDB, Sterling, Salah, you're not going to captain him. Is he really worth um, really worth the money? And And I think... Like we said about, you know, um, you know, you, you can't have everyone. I feel that definitely Leicester is one that you can excuse. I actually think Barnes at 6.9 is probably a more attractive option um, to compete with the likes of, of Grealish and James Rodriguez. Um, the other one to, to keep an eye on is is, this, is their new signing. Um, it's, it's, it's spelt under but it's pronounced under. Um, so he, he's looked amazing. Um, two games. <laughs> Sorry. You, I just find it funny how you were spelling it out. You could just say it on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. God. Was that, was that exactly the same? Was it? Sorry. No, just, no, it um, sounded different. It's just the fact you said how it was spelt when it doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, he, yeah. He's, he's done. He's been great when he's, when he's come on, he's absolutely rapid. Um, and both appearances he's come on, so far, um, he's got an assist. Um, I think he's probably therefore imminent to start. Uh, I think, you know, they've got their next two games of Wolves and Liverpool. But once that run starts, I think he could be a really interesting option. And they, they seem like they're they're playing on the break more than ever at the moment. And obviously, I don't, you know, that that's against teams that are a bit more attacking, the likes of Leeds and City and whatnot. But... Yeah, I think, you know, with that pace of Barnes, Under and, uh, and Vardy, I think that, um, you know, they're, they're looking pretty pretty good going forward. And I think from a defensive perspective, um, you know, Pereira's obviously still away, away away from coming back. So I think James Justin's still not a bad option. I wouldn't pay the money for Castagna. But yeah, they've, they've got some decent options. But yeah, Vardy's obviously the main one. And I think this season with the amount of premiums we've got, I just, I just couldn't couldn't spend that 10 no. million. I mean, yeah, fair play. They Obviously, they've played very well considering the number of injuries they've got. But I, I think I'm the same. I'm not going to go for any of them. I mean, that Vardy game against Fulham, maybe some would say it's a captain option. But then Man City are playing Burnley in the same game week. so Yeah, and Vardy is going to have another West Bromwich game then because Leicester are supposed to set the pace and do all the attacking in that game. And mm. who knows what's going to happen. They, they can't run behind. And He's better away from home through. as well. All of his yeah, holes have come so. away from home this yeah, season. Yeah, but so all, they were all penalties as well. So apart from apart from against Leeds. Oh, against Leeds, yeah, but he had a, it's what two penalties against was it two penalties? So I'm doing this off the top of my head now. He had two penalties against West Brom. West Brom, yeah. He had all those penalties against City as well. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's hauled away from home, but it's it's been the penalty reliance. I mean, like you say, yeah, that Leeds game last night, yeah, fair play. But I know what you mean though. The first three game weeks, if you remember rightly, were crazy from a penalty perspective, and then it calmed down. So actually, yes. you know, if you took if you if you took them away from him, yeah, his uh, his points so far would be looking pretty underwhelming. I think it's a unanimous no, and I think if you you know you can you've got Kane for not that much more, even though I know his fixtures are worse. Um, no, not to I mention would, the likes of Aguero and Jesus. Like, yeah, because Jesus is on the bench tonight as well. But let's let's move on to our to our fifth fifth topic then. Um, so it's quite a big topic, but we're trying to be concise with it. So we've got upcoming fixture swings. 
so we've got quite a few questions here about all the different fixture swings. So I'll just read through them all and then we can go through them. So Arne's asking about should Son and Kane be removed to accommodate Rashford and KDB Sterling after the international break? If not, what which one should be kept? Now, I think we touched on that one earlier. I said personally that I'd remove Son. I think, Stefan, did you say you'd remove Kane? Uh, Kane and I'm probably going to remove both of them, to be oh, honest. Oh, wow. But, okay, so both. But, uh, at, at least Kane. At least Kane. Okay. And what, what about you, Josh? You've, only, only got, you've only got Kane, haven't you? I've so only got gonna... Kane, but I've removed both. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. get rid of both of them and uh, just be aggressive. And then hope the, the casuals don't stay too far ahead of us. Sod the Kane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Stefan doesn't have to worry about that like at your rank, but for us, <laughs> it, it's, it's a real, real problem. Um, All the dead teams are, are making that, that, it hard for you. They're 100 points ahead. <laughs> Rich, is, Rich, is, Rich has been struggling to sleep recently because of the dead yeah, teams. They keep haunting him <laughs> during the night, don't they? It's a Halloween costume. Dress yeah, up as well, a dead that's team. That's it. He's going to come to Halloween as a dead team. <laughs> oh, my worst nightmare. Um, so we've got a question from, from Sophie. Sophie's saying, what are your thoughts on Manchester City, how they look and the value of the assets going forward? Do you think they'll be back to normal soon? So I guess to keep this one short, I mean, which which Man City players are you are you looking at, Stefan? Are you bringing in a certain two, a certain three? Uh, I think I'm I'm basically just going to bring in the one for the game for game week 10. And that's going to be the captain. So it's either Sterling or De Bruyne. I'll make a decision come game week 10. But, uh, yeah, and I don't think City being poor so far or haven't done much so far really matters because when they play Burnley at home, Fulham at home, United away and then West Bromwich at home, you basically just need to captain the Man City players those three game weeks because uh, even Salah has some uh, tougher games. Uh, he has Brighton away, Wolverhampton at home and Tottenham at home in those three fixtures. So it's uh, it looks to be a clear Manchester City captain. Um, regardless of, of them scoring zero goals against Liverpool and Tottenham, if that happens, I will still go for the Manchester City captain because I, I think the fixture is just too good to ignore. And the captains are... On a good season, it's worth 25% of your total points. So you, you need to get those right and plan for the captains uh, ahead. So, uh, Does it not worry you? I, mean, I think we mentioned it briefly yeah. before the pod, but the, like the Watford game last year where, where someone doesn't play like Sterling and you've only got yeah. one as your captain. That that worries me a bit, and that might influence who, uh, uh, which player I pick, of course. And... And you can say that Sterling, he has had a tendency to be dropped or arrested for some of those easy home games. So maybe mm. that's, uh, that makes me lean towards KDB. But I think at this point, uh, ahead of Game 8, I think the main priority is just to make sure you have that 11.5 spot in midfield ready to go for Game 10. So you can uh, you can get those City guys in. City guys yeah. in. Very true. And I mean, what about you, Josh? You, have you got two at the moment? Is that right? Two Man no, City? Just got oh, you Foden. sold Sterling, didn't you? I sold Sterling for Mane. Um, what was that? Game week? What are we on now? Game week six, I'd sold him for Mane to have him for the uh, at least the two two Liverpool home games against. Yeah. Well, ish. I got six point benefit six points out of it. I mean, Sterling blank both games, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a huge difference. Um, I mean, I've got Foden, so I'm going to stick with him. 
Um, it's a it's a roller coaster every week, um, but I, I feel he's, like he's a I, good pick. He's a good pick. I think I'm just going to stick with him, and I think that you know there's there's going to be a few of these sorts of players uh, this season. Foden, uh, Yotta, who we obviously mentioned earlier, you know some real value there if you're willing to ride the roller coaster. But it literally will be that week on week, um, and I think you've just got to you know visualise what that end result is going to be at the end of the season, and and, and whether it's going to be worth the money. Um, and then yeah. yeah, I think with Stefan, I think one alongside him. Um, I think I'd love to go for the triple up, but I feel that Salah needs to be kept uh, alongside them for the uh, captain rotation. Yeah, you can say if if Sterling gets rested 90 minutes against uh, Burnley, you you have Salah captain against Brighton away. That's uh, yeah. that will have to do. <laughs> and if you're that unlucky that your player is is rested for the 90 minutes. And it's yeah. a crapshoot with City, of course, but I think uh, you the fixtures are so good you need to be able to be part of the lottery. And to Just... be fair, during cor- like this whole coronavirus thing, I mean, maybe it's not the smartest thing to captain and vice-captain a player in the same game, even though <laughs> yeah. that Man City-Burnley game is on the deadline. So you'll have to be very unlucky for it to get called off, you know, within a few hours. Maybe, maybe it's wise to spread the captain and vice-captain anyway, but... I mean, for myself, I've I've got two already. So I've got Sterling and Foden. And if I sell a Liverpool defender, I can quite easily have KDB, Sterling, Foden. So three Man City and still have Salah and Kane. So I think I'm going to go for the triple up. I mean, it's probably no surprise. I went for a triple, triple up on my wild card. Um, I, I can't can't seem to stay away from them. But I mean, those City fixtures just, just look incredible. And think I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to try and get Triple City in, at least for the Burnley and Fulham games. Yep. But then, I mean, Man United, then it's West Brom. Gosh, it's I think such it's, a good it's, run. I think it's a good strategy to just load up. And I, I will probably bring more players also after Game Week 10. And, uh, but I think the, the most essential thing is, regarding the question uh, mm. on, on Manchester City, even though they have been looking bad, if you can go into game week 10 with triple city, that would be a great thing. Yeah. Regardless. I think it's, if you've still got a wild card um, or if you still, if you've got an easy way to get to them and you want to do something, you know, I wouldn't say a bit different. I mean, I don't think it's, it's, uh, it's crazy to, to, to look at them with that fixture on, but if you want to be aggressive with it, yeah, go for the triple up, stick the captaincy and why not stick the vice on there as well and just and just go for it and, and and just hope that they start to produce the um the stats and the performances and the I goals would say that that, that first half of the City Sheffield United game um City looked really good I mean Sterling in particular looked good and if Ferran Torres could finish that you know they could have scored a couple more goals yeah, but do you remember how she, good they looked in the first half against Leeds I thought they were going to beat them about 10 nil. I do, I do. <laughs> but that, that's, that's the Leeds effect. Everyone, they look to be like <laughs> in shambles true. in defence. Well, Leicester, Leicester did it, didn't they? they? They were more clinical. They, they, oh, they, yeah. they put them to the, to the sword straight away, whereas City were just, I mean, it's, it's not, Ster, yeah. Sterling sums up, summed it up, really. He's, um, you know, I know he's pretty prolific and he'll get goals and assists across the season, but he, he dithers a lot when, you know, Someone like an Aguero in there, 
you know, would be a little bit more ruthless well, in terms. Jesus um, is back on the. He's back now. Jesus is yeah. back, and I feel like if I mean he's not always the best finisher, but I mean if he if he was on the chances Sterling created in the first half, I think we've got a couple of Sterling assists. Um, City win by a bigger scoreline. I mean Sheffield United look so negative at the end of the game as well. They're only one nil down, and they're passing it back into their own half. They're, 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 <laughs> they're awful. Not... They're awful. <laughs> They deserve to go down, and I can't believe that after how good they were last season, but they really do deserve to go down. I agree. But I also think that Jesus back is great for City. They've been lacking him in their attacking play, and I think they're a much better team when he he is playing than Aguero or even, of course, Ferran Torres or Sterling up top. So Jesus back will be a key, and maybe it, it, unlocks, it, it unlocks someone who would be? I don't know. Could it be Jesus himself? Maybe. The only, yeah. The only way is up, <laughs> I think, for them. The only way is up. So yeah. we we move on to our next question. So FPL Rodney's asking, so best mid-price forward and midfield player over the next four to six games. So if we just all go take it in turns and just quickly say maybe our favourite mid-price forward and midfield player. So, I mean, what, what about you, uh, Stefan? I think Grealish is above all the best mid-price mm. player in midfield. I don't even know who I would pick other than him at this point. I think it's Jota, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps on scoring. (laughs) He's been subbed off now. (laughs) Just to make make it clear with Jota, I still think he's going to be on the bench. I discussed with Josh before the pod, and we both agree uh, that he's going to be benched for City. I don't believe he starts against City. Uh, Firmino is starting. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Sorry, against City, yeah. Uh, So... um, Jota maybe not yet, but at this point Grealish and in uh, attack I think Antonio would be have, would have been the best option if he had been fit. Uh, other than that, Watkins with the penalties seems very interesting, and also Callum Wilson because he's uh, maybe you can say he's the talisman and he has Southampton away, which are known to uh, ship some goals. Brilliant. And Josh, we need to go for the piss breaks shortly. Um, so who who are your two? I think Stefan's picked the two obvious ones, really. The Aston Villa boys, Grealish and Watkins. I think Bowen of West Ham. Uh, in terms of fixture swings, yeah. Game week eight, Arsenal and West Ham have got nice fixture swings. Game week nine, Aston Villa. And game week 10, City and Leicester. Uh, but in terms of mid-priced, yeah, I think I think Grealish and Bowen from the midfielders and um, Watkins. And if he is back fit, please... Antonio (laughs) will be I got on early for this game against Fulham and uh, the last I heard he was back on uh, back on a bike in the gym which uh, sounded really really uh, you know promising not until he gets until he gets injured again Um, but my ones I mean I've got Bowen down and actually, despite what I've just said about Sheffield United, I've got, I've got Brewster. Just he's he's 4.5 million. You know, he could have still got something against Man City. I know Sheffield United aren't a very attacking team, but I think we got spoilt with Greenwood last year. You don't often get a starting striker, you know, you know, in in fantasy for 4.5 million. And I think he could be a nice way to be flexible with our formations. Um, if we go in, um, if we go in budget, then. I'll chuck in Suchek as well because I think Suchek's a fantastic price down down to 4.9 million now. Great stats. He's not Goals. like a base price. I just feel like Brewster is, you know, he's the lowest you can get, as in lowest price, not the lowest you can get. Yeah, <laughs> the lowest, <laughs> yeah he's the worst you can get. <laughs> 
So this week's piss break wouldn't be possible without a liquid receptacle to drink from. And FPL Merch has plenty to offer. Go to at FPL Merch on Twitter to find out more. And now it's time for the Iceman's Piss. I really need to go. Welcome back, listeners. So we go straight on to our questions. Now, we have a question from Emma on the Slack. Obviously, Emma was on the pod the other week. Emma's asking, what are the precise benefits to holding your wild card until game week 16? Many are suggesting it is the holy grail, but what evidence backs this up? Is the benefit in the single game week that will probably be very low scoring that can be free hit as the double game will be covered by your wild card? Or is that something or am I missing something? So, I mean, Stefan, you've still got your wild card, haven't you? Yeah, and I think the the I know we're going a bit long, so I think the easy explanation for my thoughts are this season are kind of special since we get an early blank and double game week in game week 18 and 19. We do not uh, know how it will be. We do not know if maybe the game week one postponed fixtures will sneak in there as well, so there won't be that that big old blank. But basically, we we always try to save our chips for the the blanks and doubles at the end of the season. So we save our second wild card. And this season, I think the first half of the season is pretty much like the, the second half in that we have the uh, blanks and doubles uh, at the end of it. So I think that's my main reason. And additionally, by now we don't have any information on who plays, who doesn't play, but we will have that by the time of game week 16. So that makes it... Uh, better for me because I, I can make decisions with all information available and we also have some and we also are in the middle of Christmas period then and uh, although it, it will be tight for a, to plan your wildcard team of course but you will be able to to maybe get a better bench uh, um, to be uh, able to handle the Christmas rotation and with that bench you should also be able to get some players in the blanks and doubles so you can sort of get the benefits from both of those things. And in addition, there are big fixture swings for Arsenal, Spurs and United to, to mention some. A very concise answer for a, it's a, quite a big topic, isn't it? The, the wild cards, but I'm sure we can all agree we're quite jealous of people who've, who've held them like yourself. Now, Jeff's got quite a topical question because obviously Matt Ryan was benched this week. So Jeff's asking, goalkeeper transfers are so down the priority list. But at this point, if you have Ryan particularly if you have a non-playing backup goalkeeper, do you just make that change? So, I mean, Josh, I mean, if you had Matt Ryan, and let's say you didn't have a backup, because if you do have a backup, I don't think it actually, you'll just wait, wouldn't you? What would you do? Would you bring someone in straight away? It depends on Ryan's fixture this week. Um, So they're at home to Burnley this week. I'd probably ride it out for one more week uh, and see if he comes back in. I think there's a rumour that that he had a bust up with Neil Morpay. Um, and that's why both of them weren't in the squad. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd ride it out and and um, take take your you know two transfers into the uh, international break or, or or not use that and and see what happens come out the other side. Brilliant. No, I, I think I agree. With, I mean that's a really good fixture as well. 
Um, so I think I'll just wait and see as well. Um, so Tom Horner's sent us a question on Twitter and it's to do with basically to do with formations. It's I mean, it's a really good question. So we're going to put it as one of our headlines next week, if that's all right, just because we are running quite low on time. And I think it's a very, very good question. So stay tuned for next week. So we've got a question from Hemanth who's asking, basically, um, they listen to, to pods. They're watching highlights. They're delving into analysis and still getting below average scores every week. And now they're sat at 4.1 million. Now, Heymant's asking, should they risk it and take more hits to target points from differential players and climb? Or should I still trust my process and not go berserk taking hits? Um, I mean, Stefan, I think I know what your answer is going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what would you do? Yeah, I think the maths uh, say that you, you pretty much lose points when you take those hits. So you put yourself in an even worse uh, position and... After just seven game weeks, I think there's plenty of time to still uh, catch up and you can let uh, everyone else make the hits and make the mistakes and you can just trust your plays, play good, look ahead, get the right captains and uh, forget about the FOMO uh, with regards to the template and who's uh, who everyone else has and focus on the players you want to have and need to have in the future. And I'm sure you can climb, climb uh, a lot from the 4.1 million and I don't think... I don't think it's that many points behind, even at four million. So I think you you might be like 150 points behind the top 10k or something. And even though it sounds a lot, you you conceded those 150 points in seven game weeks. So it's not impossible to catch those in the next 31 game weeks. Exactly. No, and you, I mean I think you were proof of that last year because I remember you had a, a bad start. I had quite a good start, and then I remember. Yeah just looking at the mini league one day and you you caught me um, and i think i, I was, was 1.8 million or something uh, as late as december or or something so wow. it was still looking real bad for the for the first half of the season yeah I just, and that was just being patient just being patient and yeah pay, and the, the, the funny thing i wasn't the funny thing i wasn't patient enough because i took some hits which cost me so if i had i, I did do as him and uh, said just i took some unnecessary hits to trying to force something to happen but usually things happen for you if you have good players in your team and give it time points will come yeah, I do. I do. You just reminded me of you did have some stuff with Son, Son going on last year. I think him getting all his red cards and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, I got all yeah. of them. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. Um, <laughs> but we've we've got quite a few, few questions now about replacements for Saiz. Um, so PM's asked replacements for Saiz. Darko has asked thoughts about Saiz, hold or sell. Um, and FPL 4P has asked thoughts on Saiz, Mitchell, hold or sell. Um, so, I mean, Josh... What are you thinking with Saiz? I think if you've not got anything else to do, he's definitely worth getting rid of now. I think that uh, obviously Eight Nuri came in, scored, got a man of the match. So his place is definitely under uh, under threat. Um, I, I think replacement-wise, um, all depends on who you've obviously currently got. I think Bellerin's a good option. Uh, great fixtures now. I think uh, Creswell or um, the other West Ham options really like um Shufal or um or Masawaku are good options um and I think that Lamptey as well if you haven't got him they've got a good fixture this week um he continues to get attacking returns they would probably be the ones that I'd be looking at I think Villa from next week potentially 
if you, if you wanted to go for someone like Konza, um, but not this week because they're uh, away to Arsenal. And Stefan, I mean, you sold Saïs obviously a, a couple of minutes before the deadline, but you've 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 got Mitchell, for example. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on Mitchell? Are you holding? Are you selling? I think it's uh, if you're not switching around money, I think it's his way too low price to make a transfer on. Uh, stick him on your bench and let him rot there until you <laughs> play your wild card or have something else uh, you can fix. You, you never know. And uh, Kilman's fixtures aren't good enough to really make Mitchell to Kilman and, and play uh, Kilman each and every game week. And I don't think if you're not going to play him, it doesn't matter if you have Mitchell or Kilman. It matters a bit, but not uh, enough to make a f- use a free transfer on it. I agree. Uh, I other, agree. Other than that, other than that, that I echo Josh in uh, the defenders for size: Bellerin, Chilwell, Cresswell, Kufal. Um, the the only thing is, of course, if it's the case that size for some reason can't play against Crystal Palace given that they got sent off and rested in game 37 last season out of the blue against Crystal Palace and now rested or benched against Crystal Palace once more it might be a slight chance that he uh, comes back into the team this game week but I, I, I would doubt it I mean I guess if you don't have there's no pressing need to sell size you could give it one more week if you needed to you know if you could if you could bench him because he does offer good value if he was nailed which obviously he's not at the moment but no I like those answers um, but so I think I think it's a it's a bigger priority than getting rid of the Liverpool defenders uh, size looks to be dead yeah no I, I'd agree with that I'd agree with that unless you need the money of course unless you you know if you maybe you wanted a Grealish or probably a bad example a Bowen for that Fulham game but yeah um, we'll go to our feedback now so Anand Sindhu has said Alan you are awesome your cameos are fantastic love this episode great job all so thank you very much now, we move on to our partner chat. So, obviously, each and every week, we've got Mikhail Tokram's algorithm. Now, you can support that. You just go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. And he's looked at James's team this week. And he's his feedback's really funny, as always. So, he said, two free transfers is awesome. Thank you for listening to advice last week. Much negative around surrounding people's opinion of Trent and Robertson. To be honest, they didn't start off last season too well either. The minority of people that are not infected by goldfish memory. Remember that we are talking about 200 (laughs) points per season machines that eventually will deliver. And if it isn't in the 200 point range per season, it will stay above most alternatives in the price range. And to be honest, the defenders back it doesn't offer a wealth of healthy alternatives either, as a lot of fullbacks are under constant rotation threat with Champions League, Europa League going full throttle at the moment. Trent and Robbo are vaccinated against rotation. Um, so basically, he's he's suggested some moves to, to the Iceman. And for once, the Iceman is actually doing them. And I think he's done them already. Is that right, Stefan? <laughs> yeah he has done the moves already so he's done Jimenez to Wilson which gives him a BCV increase of plus 0.13 and Podence to Grealish which is increases his BCV by 0.18 so and Mikhail said that seems like two awesome transfers hit the button and he has um I think that's so, the first so, so one this Jim- year yeah, James James did two free transfers and it didn't touch his double Liverpool defence. So let's hope it's a good omen. <laughs> yeah, and he was talking about selling them earlier in the week. So yeah, maybe maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> we so trust in Tokwam. Tokwam. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he's still got Mares. So <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Mares hat trick maybe this weekend. Yeah, Mares um, will come good in the game week ten. You know, uh, he's he's 
due to to enter that good fixture run. So Morris will uh, he can just stay there and he he'll turn good. That's true. And last year he did have the most points per minute or something like something crazy like that. But we're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign up code of Surgery15. So all you need to do is go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk and you can sign up there for 15% off. That's Surgery15 capital letters. And we're also partnered with FPL Doodles. His Twitter handle is at FPL Doodles one and Doodles does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. And of course, as already mentioned, you know, our piss break, um, that's Ross from FPL Merch. And, you know, he's he's well worth checking out. So we're going to move now onto our onto our trapped If we start with you, then, Josh, have you got any transfers this week? And who's your captain? <laughs> I do. I have. Um, I've got two transfers. Teams looking uh, a little bit bare um, with the red flagged Antonio and Coleman still on the bench um, alongside the aforementioned Harrison Reed. So, um, yeah, it's down to bare bones, really, with Sy still in the team. So simple, simple thing to do would just be to sell Sice and roll the other transfer. So that's option one. Option two is to get a bit more creative uh, and use um, and use both both transfers. So um, yeah, be interesting. I think it's going to go right to the end of the week in terms of, uh, of of what I do and see what happens with the sort of press conferences. What comes out? Anything else about Antonio? Or if Seamus Coleman's back, I don't think either of them will be. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, captain is Harry Kane for the fourth week running. And Stefan, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to roll a transfer unless some injuries turn up. And uh, Kane is also my captain. I'm vice captaining uh, Werner because of his him playing in another game. <laughs> Maybe I should pick Sonna. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, this this might come back to haunt me. Uh, maybe maybe vice captain son in in the end. And, and my only decision this week is uh, I'm benching Robertson for Sushek. That's a certain. But I'm starting Alexander Arnold over Mitchell. I think I was. Uh, if Mitchell, if I knew Mitchell would start the game, I think I will play Mitchell ahead of Alexander Arnold because I think against City you can pretty much bench all your defensive players every time. But uh, currently I'm starting Alexander-Arnold and hoping he can get a free kick goal or something. A clean sheet really is not to be expected this game week. Who are the defenders you're starting over over Robertson? Uh, Chilwell at home to Sheffield United and Ailing at away oh, to Crystal Palace. A nice, nice, nice fixtures. I think that Chelsea uh, clean sheet's banked already. Yeah, so. <laughs> unless Brewster does something. <laughs> you, oh, God. Yeah, you never know. Um, and did you say who your captain was? Sorry, Stefan. Yeah, Kane. Kane captain. Kane. I think he, Kane. He, he, it can be Kane or it can be Son, but I think just the penalties uh, makes it uh, be Kane captain. Yeah, I think it's a 50-50 because I was seeing a lot of stuff. I mean, I always prefer Kane over Son or usually, but there was, there was a few statistics about Son away from home. But I think I'm going to keep it simple and just Captain yeah. Kane as well. I think he's the more likely to return because of the penalties, because he's, you know, he's blanked one game in the last 10 with yeah. like 18 attacking returns. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. So And, um, and watching watching Fulham uh, beat West Bromwich or pretty much outplay West Bromwich, I ex- do expect big points from the Spurs guys this week. So do I. I almost wish we could trust 
fail because I almost feel like with, <laughs> with two free transfers, I know I knocked Josh for mentioning him the other week, but I'd be very tempted to just use one of them to bring in like Bale for Sterling or Salah um, just so I could have all three and and a captain. But I mean, it's, it's too risky, isn't it, to bring in Bale? But um, yeah, um, what I'm looking at doing and I mean, this isn't set in stone at all, is Robertson and Saiz to Chilwell and Zuma. I would have three, <laughs> I would have three Chelsea defenders. Um, but what it enables me to do is then get De Bruyne in for Son in game week 10. So I'd be able to have these three Chelsea defenders for the next few decent fixtures and then have three Man City midfielders and still have Salah and Kane it's i'm not set on it it's it's just one one idea that i've one idea that i've had um it might be a crazy idea um and it it could be ruined if i do it by brewster so (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 gonna be one i think about because i think you made some really good points on liverpool and with their defenders and it's not that i want to sell them but it just might enable a few more different things um you know looking a bit further down the line like bringing in de bruyne um, so I'm just just gonna have a think about it anyway. But um, I, I do think at this point uh, selling Robertson is better than selling Trent. I think yeah. Trent is coming back to his uh, good old form. Yeah, he's looked better the last couple of games, isn't he? Yeah. I don't. Yep. I don't have Trent, so. Okay. <laughs> and <I'm> not, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I'm not gonna do Robertson to Trent. So I've only got Robertson after my after my wild card. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm definitely not gonna do that move Robertson to Trent. So. I mean, there is a world where I, you could convince me to maybe look at bringing Trent in in a couple of weeks. To so Josh, so can you quickly go through the the mini leagues? And I guess if you get stuck on any names, Stefan can help you out. Yeah, you've got the perfect man for it today. Um, <laughs> so the uh, FPL Surgery Podcast League, uh, fifth place is Connor Bowles. Fourth is Gloria OA. Third is Megamind Banderi. Second is Tony Omondi, and first is Darren Axton. And then in the Patreon League, uh, fifth is Matthew Greco. Fourth is Colm Donnelly. Third is Jay Rosnick. Second is Ian Gibson. And first is Darren Bairn. Um, And then we also need to announce the monthly winners for September and October for the Patreon uh, Mini League. So the winner for September was Carlos Carranza. And the winner for October was Stephen Cookson. So, Carlos and Stephen, nice. if you can message the Iceman on Slack or Twitter to claim your prize, that would be fantastic. Brilliant. Well done, guys. And with Stefan, uh, do you have your three best picks for the game week? Uh, yeah, I think I messed up a bit with the game week, but the three best picks uh, are Ga- uh, Kane, Son, and I somehow put Grealish because I thought he was the best pick, sort of. But maybe not for this game week. <laughs> but, uh, maybe that was a dig at the Iceman and saying Arsenal are going to see. I'm going to say Bovin instead of Grealish for this game week. Brilliant. Um, what about your differentials? Uh, I'm going to say Bovin again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he's lovely owned. And uh, also uh, Van Arnholt. I did like what I saw from him uh, against Wolverhampton. He was unlucky not to get something. And uh, thirdly, uh, I like uh, Bayerin. I think he uh, he's at a good price and the fixtures are getting better for Arsenal and he's one I'm looking at for sure come my wildcard at when I will play it. It's funny, your differentials are all players I've looked at bringing in this week. Like I, yeah. Bowen, Van Aanholt, Bellerin, yeah. 
I would have done Bellerin instead of the triple Chelsea if I were you to spread spread the the fixtures a bit. So when Chelsea have a tough fixture, fixture can actually bench one of them or something and not having to play. And there's Gabriel as well. I know. I think he's point one more. I think the fullbacks fullbacks are all always the best for the defenders. Yeah, all about the fullbacks. More exciting but yeah no that's that's brilliant no thank you stefan before you go we've just got two questions actually from from bard who's asked oh, on average how much time have you spent in the woods this season compared to last season and number two he's asking when is a metric explaining the relation between time spent in the woods and fpl points coming to the team planner <laughs> yeah this surprisingly this season i haven't spent too much time because it's i haven't had a need it has been going pretty good so far but uh i do like to get some time in the woods and today i went for a run i even got a massage to be ready for the pod so uh oh, wow things things are things are okay living the and, life uh, of the king at the top of the uh top of all you yeah, need so. i think the massage is more needed because of general stress in my life but <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can we can just say that it's uh for purely purely pressure but uh, uh with regards to the relation or the the statistics between time in the woods and and uh, points i think it's clearly related to the luck factor so if you go into fpl review and look at my luck uh, percentage or how lucky i've been this season you can pretty much know how much i've been in the woods the the worse the luck the more the woods i I like that you get a massage before the pod i had like a hot dog (laughs) out of a tin but yeah (laughs) stefan it's been so so it's been so good speaking to you again yeah, it's great to be on. Great to be on. Yeah, brilliant. It's, it feels weird actually because obviously the first time I was on here, you you hosted. And yeah. Now yeah. It's sort of, yeah. Now it's switched. Now it's, yeah. Now it's me that's got to edit everything and and not you. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing a better job hosting than me. I felt like a mess that whole episode, so I, <laughs> I'm glad I can be here just talking and not worrying about anything else. I, I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was a good episode. And you've seen yeah. how much editing that we're having to do recording this today. So you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, brilliant. No, thank, thanks for coming on, Stefan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. That code is 439HW9. That code again is 439HW9. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter. The Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and please remember to rate the podcast five stars or you can email us fplsurgerypodcast at gmail.com. Now, normally I say over to you, Josh, but today we're going over to you, Stefan. You've just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. This week's guest, he's last season's co-host and a legend of the FPL Surgery podcast. He has two top 3K finishes in his last three. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, okay, one more time. <laughs> so we'll move on swiftly. Also, by the way, Jota's just scored a hat trick. Yeah, I know, I know. I sat there like this. I think we should do a warning at the end of the episode, or, or, or maybe maybe soon that don't bring in Jota for the City game. He will be benched. I think we have to, yeah. <laughs>